Hello, Hivians. Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. That's right, Lisa. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at... Sorry! (laughs) I said child. That's right, Lisa. Get a free audiobook download. (laughs) Stop it! No, no. Shut up! Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Today's <laughs> That's right, Lisa. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E. That's right, Christine. Over 180,000 titles. Titles. To choose from on your iPhone, Android, yeah, Kindle, baby. or M3... <laughs> over 180,000 titles to choose from from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisner Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. I found out this week, Scott, yes. that there's a huge connection between Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi and The Legends of the Fall. What the... What? Yeah, and we're going to talk Brad about... hit movie? Yep, yep, and we're going to talk about it. On this episode of the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, January 19th, 2018, episode 53. My name is Steve Baldwin, and the entire cast of the Hive is with me. And as always, we will start by introducing our Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. Thank you, Steve. Man, is it good to be here tonight. It is a really exciting day. Birthdays of a couple of great Americans. The 300 and some odd birthday of founding father Benjamin Franklin, guys. Benjamin Franklin. And to go along with that, another great American, Darth Vader, the voice of Darth Vader himself, James Earl Jones, celebrating a birthday today, January the 17th, as we report. As we. And also. Wow, that's awesome. Also, it is the beginning of the third trip around the sun of the Wretched Hive podcast. That's right. Woo! 2018 going on year starting year number three for the show wow james earl how old is uh james earl jones do you happen to know 972 oh he sounds so good my son sam had never seen the lion king he's 12 years old what kind of a father am i i know and we watched it a couple days ago and i'm like do you recognize that voice and he immediately got he's like oh that's darth vader he immediately kicked you in the balls for not letting him watch that movie <laughs> so, oh, actually, awesome. actually, I honestly think the Lion King is even more overrated than Greg's internet connection. <laughs> you know, Greg, you're really coming in three PO there, buddy. Um, see what you can do about it. See if you can lock it down. Uh, also on the show this week, lifelong Star Wars fan. 
Scott Ivansky. Oh my God, Steve, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited. I don't have nearly the amount of facts mm. and interesting things that our friend, our Wookiee co-pilot Greg mm. Lent has, but I do have this. Mm. There are 1 billion... Six hundred and fifty-three million <laughs> overweight or obese people in the world. <laughs> so welcome, our newest fans. <laughs> Hopefully, one of you is not James Earl Jones. One of them is Jabba the Hutt. Well, the other so. ones are all human. Probably. All right. There's my fact <clears throat> for the day. Wow. What the the hell, uh, man? <laughs> also on the show this week, as always. He is the captain of the Millennial Falcon, Nico Rodriguez! You know, I think we need to put a headphone warning on, like, the start of our show, because, holy shit, my ears are ringing (laughs) from just our intros. I get excited. I get really excited every week for this show. I get pumped, and I tend to yell, so I apologize for that. Well, for all my fellow millennials out there, a yeet yeet and a dilly dilly to all of you. (laughs) Dilly dilly. And finally. Oh, I'll be back in five minutes. We have. What is thy bidding, my master? Dave! Obi-Wan has taught you well. Under no circumstances. You have controlled your fear. Should you ever now release your anger? And I mean, only your hatred can destroy me. Ever! When I left you, I was but the learner. Call him. Now I am the master. Harry. <laughs> Potter. Oh my god, I got a whipsaw there going back and forth between Vader and Palpatine like that. Thank you you to my favorite Rebel Scum, Steve Baldwin. Good morning, afternoon, and evening to you, our fine listeners, wherever and whenever you are listening to us. We are, as Steve said, five by five tonight. And it, it, yeah, yes, Scott can count to five. That's exciting. That's another, that's my fun fact for the night. Scott can use more than one finger on his hand at a time. It's a miracle. It's hard. Scott can count it. That's what. That's what she said. Scott so, can uh, count to twenty-one. I can. He can. Sorry. <laughs> it no, allows no, me no, to no. drink. I, I, I got nothing after that intro tonight. I'm sorry. We just got. We got to jump right into it, Steve. So no, we gotta, gotta no, no, right no, no, no. We're not jumping right into it. We now know where Greg took off. He, he went to go get the Darth Vader cup or whatever oh that, God, was. That, that was. That was awesome. That's awesome. I, 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 I gotta say, earlier today I was kind of re- reviewing the show notes as I want to do, and. Um, I thought to myself, I can't wait to hear what Greg comes up with this week. It's like, <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. It actually it's, it's, it's just random. Me. I get into cold sweats the night before. It's terrifying to me. I love this oh. guy. This guy, you scare me, Greg. I love yeah. him. Keep me well, and the, and the thing that people at home don't realize is Greg doesn't have his video feed going about about probably 40% of the time we record the podcast. So he's doing this Darth Vader Palpatine voice, and we're basically looking at a high school yearbook photo of him as the, the filler for a video camera, which just adds a whole other level of creepiness to it. Oh, so good. I'm a handsome young lad, I will have you know. You are. You were at one point. I don't know what happened. 
there, there is no beard on this picture, so it's really throwing me off. <laughs> well, if you have ever listened to the show and broken out in a cold sweat, give us a call and uh, leave a message on the Wretched Hive hotline. That's 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. And uh, you can also find us on our home on the web. That's at www.thewretchedhive.net. Uh, and talking about our phone line, guys, the last few weeks, I've been uh, asking our callers to call in and leave a review of Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. And we actually have received several phone calls. And uh, guys, we got to get caught up on our phone messages today. So we're going to go ahead and play some of these calls. Holy uh, no shit. Uh, After three years, somebody finally fucking called us? Somebody <laughs> called us. Yeah. So what well, you're in, saying is, in fairness, I think Faith called us once. Yeah, we did. We have played a few uh, voice messages. Um, I, I think over Mrs. Doubtfire called us once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our phone lines are literally blowing up. Has Alex Trebek ever called us? I no. think Trebek needs to. He's a son of a bitch who needs to call in. I think he's just lazy in his old age. God damn it! Anyone know anything about that, Dave? Actually, no, I just. <laughs> It wouldn't be Alex Trebek calling us. It, yeah. it would be... Your, um, your mother was calling last night, Trebek. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we need Sean Connery. That's what I was... I was going with Trebek. I was going, yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> we're going to play some of these guys. Uh, we're not going to get to all of them, but we're going to play most of them here. Uh, first up, we heard from... I think this person's name is... Uh, Whitey Pastyfield? Let's, uh, let's have a listen here. Hey there, this is uh, Whitey K. Pastyfield, and I just wanted to say that I think The Last Jedi sucks. I waited so long for this, and I saw such a crazy turn with The Force Awakens. It's all a women's world now, and, and I can't stand that. This Ray thing is ridiculous. We need men like Luke Skywalker back in charge. But we can't, because he's dead now. What's up with that? All right, thanks for your time. Out. Uh, obviously a Trump oh. supporter. Wow. <laughs> oh Old Whitey Pastyfield. <laughs> Scott is uh, falling down laughing. Um, and I think, I think Scott, you need to cop to something here. I don't um, know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm crying. Oh my god. Uh, that was actually a test call. I remember that day. I think we were having a problem with the phone line and Old uh, Whitey called to test. <laughs> Please let me. Uh, so I think probably Scott. Uh, I, I, I no, not gonna lie, guys. I was that was Scott. Uh, I went out and with with Scott, we went to see a band play on this past Saturday, and he was pretty drunk. I think he got blackout drunk. Made this call when he was blackout drunk. <laughs> right, I think it was. That's why he doesn't remember it. That's just ironic that Whitey Pastyfield called when he was blackout drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, if 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 uh, alcohol was the cause, uh, the reason for that call, let's let's try to diagnose this one. This is from uh, someone named Eliza Fajina. Oh, have a listen. Here we go. Hey guys, this is Eliza Fajina. I have a question for you. I saw the Last Jedi Saturday, and although I enjoyed it overall. I was a little disappointed, but my favorite scene was when Luke came to see Leia and she said he was with her to the end, which was very sad. Other than that, the movie could kind of suck it. 
<laughs> Other than that, the movie can kind of suck it, I think is the key quote there. And so, Scott, do you happen to know who Eliza Fagina is? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know an Eliza f- Vagina, but I know her cousin <laughs> a lot. God. A lot of Eliza. A lot of Okay. Oh, God. Well, uh, our third call here is actually, uh, I think you know this person actually uh, really well as well. Why is this? Hey, uh, my name's Jaden, and I just wanted to say, (laughs) why do the Forks exist? That's that's, that's all I need to say. That's just, yeah. Why why do the Forks exist? Well, Jaden, I can tell you why one Porg exists. (laughs) But uh, this is a family show, so I'm not going to go there. <laughs> when did it become a family show? I, 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 yeah, I what the hell? Love how, how J- I sincerely love how Jaden is having none of your guys' family bullshit, though. And just like, yeah, this is Jaden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Why is this all revolving around me? <laughs> only, only you can answer that, my friend. Only you. Uh, appears that Whitey and Eliza have uh, has <laughs> offspring named Jaden. Uh, that sounds dangerous. listeners at home, Jaden Ivansky. Our last caller there. Yeah. <clears throat> oh man. Alright. In all so those were the first three calls. In all seriousness, we did get a phone call from a listener. This is Was lis- it a bill collector. No. <laughs> this is listener Matt. And uh he all he said about where he is, he said he's from up north, so I don't know where Matt is from, but uh hmm. this is listener Matt who gave his thoughtful review of The Last Jedi. Check this out. Yeah, my name's Matt. I'm 41. Uh, I was just going to give you a review. I've been a Star Wars fan since I was eight. My first time I saw it was in 84 on TV. I'm not a diehard fan, but a fan nonetheless. Um, the thing I did not, I, the opening scene of the movie, the comedy was a little bit too stretched out for me. They could have shortened it up just by a couple little things. Um, the first time I saw Luke on the screen, very emotional part. Um, seeing him after not being so long, you know, it was it was pretty good. I liked the role that him and the whole island scene was, I thought was pretty good, the whole part. Love the Porgs. Um, not a fan of the, the Leia uh, Statue of Liberty spacewalk. Uh, they could have left with that, or they should have killed her right then. Um, you know, you wait 30 years to see Luke, like, do a movie again, and then they kill him off in the first one, so. Not a fan of that. Um, the whole Finn and Rose side quest that was for nothing was, I don't know, pointless, I guess, in a way. They could have had him do something else in my eyes. Um, favorite part was the end, uh, the last battle at Crate. Um, I, Millennium Falcon, I'm a gearhead, so the Millennium Falcon is my deuce coupe from American Graffiti. So that's that, that thing steals the show up for me every time. Um, but I, I and and I I didn't like the way that they you know got rid of Luke that way. I I, I thought the going through the forest and that part was cool. But other than that, um, I don't know what what's going to happen to Chewie in the end. That's what I'm wondering in the last movie is what's going to happen with that. Um, I love all your guys' uh, opinions uh, after the first review. Uh, I thought they were all they're all they're all spot on. Uh, from each point of view it was pretty close to what I thought. Um, 
except for maybe Greg's and the Millennial Fact. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, <laughs> if I'm ever in SoCal, uh, I'm way up in north, so if I'm ever down there, I'd like to have a, have a timeless night with you guys sometime. I love the show. Keep up. Keep puffing them out. I like listening to them. Bye. That was Matt. Thank you very now, much, Matt. wait a minute. <clears throat> Did Matt call me the Millennial Fag? Is that what I heard? <laughs> no, uh, no. I think he said the millennial fa- fa- falcon. I think he, I think he mispronounced falcon. I don't, I don't think there was any kind of homophobic slur in there. Not that there's, not that there's anything slur. wrong with that, Nico. It's okay. It's cool, man. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> so um, you know what he he brought up. He, a couple good points, though. I like that he called the Canto Bite thing at the escort mission because if you're a video gamer, that's exactly what it was. It was a pointless escort mission that served no purpose to the rest of the game. So thank you for bringing that. I'm I'm yeah. going to steal that from you, for Matt. Um, the other, uh, the uh, the uh, what was the other thing that I was going to say about it? Um, oh, Chewbacca. Why does Chewbacca always get screwed in every goddamn yeah. movie? What the fuck is up with Chewbacca? I know. I know. And he's everybody's best friend. He's like the best, best friend you could possibly have. He's just always there. He's loyal. Yeah. He's skilled. He's qualified at what he does. He can fly your ship while you go back and do stuff. Shit, he didn't even eat the pork when he skinned it and barbecued the thing, and he got the guilty eyes from the other pork. He still said, oh, man, I'm sorry. I won't eat you. After he murdered it in cold blood, and then he got guilty. (laughs) I know. I know. And then he did. Yeah. Can we all agree that the Star Wars franchise has friend-zoned Chewbacca? Mm. Yes. Mm. I I think it's it's a it's a bum rap they're giving Chewbacca. Seriously, I want him to have a better storyline. This this sucks. Matt Matt made a great point on this. Yeah. I, I'm agreeing with you on this, Greg. I, what's up with that? What's up with Chewbacca? He Matt also made me think about. It's a Wookie. That's what's up. With that. <laughs> made me think about that. They they kill off Luke. It's like we waited 30 years and, you know, he had some good stuff in this film and we've been down this road before. We don't have to go back to our feelings about the movie in depth, but but they kill him off. It would have been so cool to have Mark Hamill in episode nine. As, well, we might still, but who knows. But... Um, guys, can I bring something up real please, quick? Please. They killed Han Solo in the last movie. You realize that, right? Uh, who is this? Who's, who's this? What? Han Solo. You're How did th- when the hell did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember Han Solo dying in Rogue One. What are you what are you talking about? <laughs> so, Touche. So, so let me let me build on something Greg said, or but maybe not build, jump off of. But <laughs> our reactions to Star Wars Episode Eight. How would our reactions be, or would they be different, if Carrie Fisher was still alive, and we we knew that Episode Nine would feature, you know. Princess Leia in a central role, because I, I wonder if part of the reaction that that fans and and we as fans as well have to this is knowing that they killed Luke off and knowing that Carrie Fisher died in real life, mm-hmm. and therefore Episode Nine we have none of the big three, you know, around. Mm-hmm. I I think there's some credence to that that we might feel differently about how this movie rolled out. Although I think the, the basic issues I had with the movie would still be there. I mean, I still have a hard time with the spacewalk portion and I've kind of, I've come around on the Luke astral projection piece, but the spacewalk to me was still just a little 
off. There's something about it that just doesn't resonate with me. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's a small part of a movie that I otherwise like. So, um, but I see what you're saying. It, it's, it's, it's interesting to see where this goes for episode nine. And, and they really, you know, in so many ways, JJ had all these unanswered questions at the end of episode seven. And Ryan's like, oh, well, just, okay, hold my beer. And I'm going <laughs> you know, to leave you a mess to fix, you know? So uh, I, I can't wait to see how this plays out. But I, I kind of agree with you, Dave. I might be a little more comfortable with things had I, if I, you know, if if we knew that Carrie was going to be around. Okay, speaking of that, be. and I'm, I'm not trying to reiterate or bring this all up, back up, but I'm going to. I have to because yeah. you brought that up. Sure. Uh, yeah, JJ left us with a bunch of questions, which he set up. These are questions he put in place on purpose. If he didn't, he's just an asshole for doing that. And if if Ryan's the one picking up, if he's the one picking up the ball and he's doing the same thing back, then you have two little assholes that are playing like badminton with each other on the Star Wars franchise, and that makes me a little pissed. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's going to go back to asshole JJ. I don't want asshole JJ. I want I want a guy who's going to tell us a good, coherent story. So there better be some decent wrap up going on in this next film. I'm curious to hear Nico's response. Um, Nico, what do you what do you think about Dave? The question that Dave has posed here: Would you feel different about Episode Eight if Carrie was still with us? No, it's still a shit movie as far as Star Wars is concerned. <laughs> Don't hold back. What do you what do you what do you really think about it? No, <clears throat> no. Um, yeah. I mean. Yeah, there was. I think as far as we go, like uh, as far as character development goes with Kylo Ren, and and we're trying to see him, you know, either go and fully commit himself to the dark side or or return back to the light. Um, and in the first one, you know, we can argue whether he activated the lightsaber or Han did. And then in the second one, we see him hesitate again, and but it's. No, no, I still feel the same. The movie, the the, the scene with Leia spacewalking Statue of Liberty was awful. I still don't really understand why the whole casino scene was there. I don't understand what the stutter character was there for. Like, no, I still don't like it. Hmm. Alright, great. And now I'm just more confused about where Episode Nine's going to go. With Leia being left alive and no actress left to play the part. Well, so go ahead. Dave. I, I want. I was going to say, Scott, your point about if they're just bringing up questions without any planned answers, they're just being assholes. It just it does remind me of uh, a story I read once about Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, if you're fans of Star Trek and and The Next Generation, you'll I think everybody remembers the classic best of both worlds. A two-part storyline. Uh, part one was a cliffhanger that, en- that ended season three and and kicked off uh, part two of season four. But uh, part one ended with uh, Captain Picard being kidnapped by the Borg and and turned into one of the Borg very famously and ended on a huge cliffhanger note. And no one no one had any idea how it was going to be resolved in part two because there were absolutely no clues in the script as to how that could be done. Mm-hmm. And I read an interview with the uh, executive producer for season three and the showrunner, Michael Pilar, who wrote that episode. And he was very upfront. And he said, yeah, 
I uh, my contract was up at the end of season three, so I very deliberately wrote an episode with a cliffhanger in a box that there was no way out of because I knew <laughs> somebody else would have to come in and pick it up. And then oh, Gene God Roddenberry picked guy. up my con- yeah Gene Roddenberry picked up the contract for uh, season four, which I wasn't expecting, and I had to write my way out of the box that I constructed for somebody else. <laughs> but, but that's a you know that that's is awesome. a that is a great point, Dave. Um, what's brilliant about that though is. He kind of was an asshole. He was a dick about what he was doing, but he was giving somebody else the ball to see if it would. T- and he ended up with the the problem he created. Yeah. The problem yeah. we're having here is JJ didn't pick up the ball or the the problem that he created, and I I don't think it's even a problem. I think it was justifiable, honest to God questions that I think we were all fascinated by. Obviously, we're running a podcast off of many of those questions, mm-hmm. and then it's just like, yeah, you know what? We don't care about that. That's kind. Of, that's more of a dick move. It's like somebody else picked up that guy's problem and said, "Well, you know, what's it?" Michael Pilar was the the writer of that yeah. episode. So somebody else. I actually, hope I'm pronouncing it right. Well, if if not, it's close. But it's, it's, the fact is, is somebody else picked up that episode. Let's just say that happened, and they're like, "Yeah, whatever." You know, unicorns and rainbows, and that'll solve everything. You know, just <laughs> something stupid out of the, out of nowhere. Like I really feel at some point, Ryan Johnson just wanted to make a really creative like ryan johnson film and i i really like and respect a lot of his work and i think he did a, a fantastic job in certain elements of this film but i feel like he wasn't trying to connect some of those dots some of those story arcs and just left it open and just basically was pissing in the wind and we were in the middle of that and 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 to that point and i'll i'll say it again to bring it full circle yeah i do think we have to wait to see what happens with episode nine to really have a final a true final verdict on that. Yeah, I, I I like the movie. I I disagree with a lot of your points, Scott. But I yeah. will concede this to you: yeah. it's possible that if Episode Nine doesn't do a good job, that I may come back and say, you know what, you were right. You were right on these things that they were pointless and they didn't go anywhere because it it winds up that they really didn't after we see Episode Nine. Dave, your, your and point. The, the the other thing that I like to remind myself of her perspective on it is is from the original trilogy. The Empire Strikes Back is, I think, pretty widely accepted as the best of the first three films, but it is also the one with the lowest box office total of the first three films. Sure. No, that's absolutely true. And your point is well taken. I'm not I'm not trying to just argue yeah. for argument's sake, uh, but I will say this. If you go back, even if we have, you know, in hindsight, go back and look and try and remember the best you can. Watching Star Wars, there was a, a, a feeling of completion, knowing that there was going to be another film. You still felt complete. Like, wow, I feel good. I'm really, I'm excited to see where this is going to go. You were, the the anticipation for the next film was there, but you didn't have these just like torn feelings about it. And that's Star Wars. Let's get into Empire. Empire still felt like a solid film. Yeah, there were questions at the end of that film, but man, I wasn't walking away like, can you believe this shit? What's up with Vader saying he was his father? Yeah, it was, it was, you know, intense but you start thinking about it you start breaking it down and you're like wow maybe that's true maybe there is a man under that mask maybe there is something else going on you actually start constructively thinking about the the questions that are presented to you in that film where i think last jedi feels like two assholes making a movie doing whatever the hell they want and not caring about how the actual story blends you you keep bringing up the fact that we have to wait to see what happens at the end i didn't have to wait to see what happens at the end of return of the jedi I got a very nice, well-constructed, incredibly great film out of Empire Strikes Back. 
that's what I keep saying. I think is missing out of these new films. But you know what's interesting? You didn't have to. You didn't have to wait till the till Return of the Jedi to find out how Empire Strikes Back ended. <laughs> what's that? You didn't have to wait until Return of the Jedi to find out how Empire Strikes Back ended. No, Han was frozen in carbonite. Luke and Leia were on the ship. Lando and Chewie. Do they save him? Do they save him or not? Though. Those are those are it's, wonderful. It's the, it's the definition of cliffhanger. It's not the it's not the completion of a story. Finn and Rose run off onto a, some dumbass trip. Don't even know what's going on. Don't even care. We got a stuttering fool who's an <laughs> idiot. Okay, we got Luke who shows up who's an asshole through most of the movie. Well done, Mark Hamill. But you're still an asshole and you end up dying on a floating rock. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of differences. I know that the comparisons are there, but. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of difference. I know we disagree on some stuff, but I'm just saying there's a different feeling than the way Empire left us felt in the middle part of a trilogy. Yeah. You know, I've I've been taking a look at the uh, the art of book. I got I, I'm collecting the art of books, and they're they're all really good, and they look great on the bookshelf. They're all the yeah. same size, and <laughs> they're great. Uh, but there's a lot of interesting stuff in those art of books. Um, and the one thing I read recently that was surprising to me, well, I guess it shouldn't be, but um, I, I was a little bit, I, I was reminded um, how much pre-production and how early they start with these films. So they were doing, they were writing the script for The Last Jedi while they were filming The Force Awakens. And they were on the set and looking at, okay, how is J.J. doing this part of the story Okay, we can take it here, and with with Ryan Johnson's unique uh, reference points and the way that he makes a movie, and I'll go back to it. If you haven't seen Looper, if you haven't seen Brick, you need to go watch those movies, and I think it'll explain a lot about sort of his movie making acumen and the way he approaches. He's got such a unique view. I think it was very risky for Lucasfilm to put so much faith in him. I'm concerned about the next trilogy. Are we going to get like a really off the wall uh, wild ride in those movies? And if we do, God damn it, it's going to be a lot of fun. But it's going to be, again, not our Star Wars, guys. It's going to be the next generation of Star Wars fans are going to own those films. Hold that question. I really would I like to address this. Every one of us actually addressed this. And I'm sorry if I'm jumping in or taking too much time talking, but I need to bring out a couple points on this. Get it out. I need confirmation on what you just said. I need to know if that's a fact, if it's stated in that book, or if you've seen it somewhere in a documentary, because there are actual statements that said that they, when they started production and writing and then filming, they asked JJ, so this would be towards the end of filming, just the very end of filming, to change the last scene mm. of Force Awakens. And it doesn't state anywhere in any of these interviews, documentaries, or whatever, where they had full access during the full shooting of Force Awakens to write this script. And that's what makes me feel like I don't think that's that's 100% accurate. Well, not, there, not, it is. It, there are reports. I have seen reports of one thing, that Ryan asked J.J. to alter one point at the end of The Force Awakens. And it's not the, the one you're talking about, I think. It's that uh, when Ray and Chewbacca fly to Octong. Yeah, the you know visit with Bono and the Edge. Yeah, uh, they they were originally in JJ's draft bringing BB-8 with them. That's true. Makes yes. sense yeah. because Ray Ray had all the the BB-8 time, and Ryan specifically said, change that out to R2 because I need that for things I'm doing. And JJ was like, sure, no problem, done. 
And it's a brilliant move to reunite R2 and Luke. Yeah, and that's why. That was like that was one of the best moments in the film, and I'm pretty sure you, Scott would agree with me that that was a fantastic, fantastic uh, bit of writing. But I, I know they altered some other stuff at the end, too, because there was originally going to be Luke standing at a graveyard and Luke floating some rocks, and they said, no, 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 Luke is cut off from the Force. You wouldn't be doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. And they, they switched that out, too. Yeah, that's the more recent reports. They talked about that with the, the floating yeah. rocks and the graveyard and stuff. The, the R2 thing was a, a while ago. But again, these are all scenes that were conceptualized or being filmed towards the end of filming. And so what I'm curious about is how much of the time did they have during that production? Did did they have that time where they could sit down and really iron out the storyline between these. I, that's what I'm really fascinated by. I, I'll, I'll tell you what. I know we all disagree on this, and I'm going to throw this out there real quick. I'm actually more interested now in seeing the Blu-ray or hopefully whatever they say, hours of deleted footage or whatever's going to be showing up on this thing, uh, the, the 4K version, just to see what might have been. I'm actually more yeah. curious now about the deleted scenes and if it would have told a more fluent or... Or, or or better told story. I I'm I'm still not convinced. I'm I, I I enjoy this film as a Star Wars fan, but I have a lot of problems with it. And if reports are to be believed, that Blu-ray is going to include two full hours of cutscenes. Uh, oh, that is cutscenes or del- well, additional footage is what I remember it's, reading. It's got to be two hours of bonus content because I don't think there oh, okay. are two hours of cutscenes. I think it was a. I think if I remember right, Ryan Johnson said it was around a three-hour initial rough cut, which suggests there's about a half-hour mm-hmm. worth of movie that okay. was that was excised. Okay. So if we roughly get about 25 to 30, maybe even 35 minutes of, of footage, I'd be happy just to see where that kind of would have taken us. I, I'm Unless curious. it's all on Canto Bite, in which case just keep that shit in the vault. <laughs> Put it next to the holiday special and, and, and just keep it there. We're going to have a month and a half of Greg just ranting on, <laughs> on this one. No! <laughs> hey, guys. More let's, uh, horses! Before we get too far, I gotta. I just want to wrap it up with Matt. Matt, thank you for calling. We really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. uh, Sorry, Matt. You prompted <laughs> that whole discussion. Sorry about that. but. The, yeah, absolutely. We appreciate the call, and uh, and Matt, I will definitely take you up on that pint at Timeless Pints if you're ever in Southern California. Come on over. Matt, just suggest on the next phone call to leave the poor get home. That's all. <laughs> We're just saying. Okay. All right, let's do this, you guys. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. <laughs> No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. All right, so I teased a little bit in the beginning of the show that there is a connection, a strong connection, a huge convergence in the Force between Star Wars The Last Jedi and the epic Brad Pitt film... I, th- I think I huh? have an answer for you on this. Oh, yeah, you got that it? Prior a solid to- Brad Pitt performance. Legends of the Fall. Now, you guys keep yeah. mentioning that this is a Brad Pitt film, but let's let's go deeper on this. I have a feeling yeah. that the connection is yes. Edward Zwick <laughs> oh, okay. and Ryan Johnson are distant cousins. That is not the connection we're looking Son for. Son of a bitch. All right. Wow. So- but, but I do think we should have a new regular segment called uh, – 
deeper in Brad Pitt films with Scott. <laughs> so uh, the uh, you know when they make these Star Wars films, they have code names for the for the movies, right? Uh, I think uh, Blue Harvest. Blue Harvest was probably the most famous. Yes. Um, they were making that was for the Return of the Jedi, right? Return of the yep. Jedi. Yeah. And no, 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 so, no. I am I am so wrong on that. I that was for Revenge of the Jedi. Oh, yes, yes, correct. And so um, the code name for the Last Jedi was Space Bear. Space Bear. I did not know that. And actually, Luke Skywalker himself was referred to as the Space Bear on the set. And so. Um, where is this going, you may be asking yourself. Well, I'm not going to explain. I'm going to let uh, the Star Wars show take over for the next minute or so. Andy Gutierrez. Are you, are you telling me that Brad Pitt is a bear? <laughs> who's, who's the cub? No, that's, but there is a whoa, bear. That's, that is dark, Scott. That is just dark. <laughs> there sorry. is a bear in Legends wow. of the Fall. Oh. So check this out. As far as code names go, Space Bear is kind of like it's left amazing. There. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's fantastic. So we were like at, on uh, B seven one day. Up I don't. Know, we were like conference room, in the conference executive room. conference room. We were talking about how Luke had retreated and just taken himself out of the world. And for some reason, I was like, It was Legends of the like Fall. Legends right? of the Fall when Tristan just like goes into the woods at the end, and then we were like, But then he gets mauled by a bear. <laughs> and then someone said, So Luke's like a space bear. Luke has to find his space bear. Yeah, and Luke then, has to find his space bear. And then, and then that became the stuck. code name for the movie. And then like Ryan, I think, wrote in on a whiteboard in the Star Wars type title font, Space Bear. That's right. And it was forever known internally as Space Bear. There you go. The Last Jedi and Legends of the Fall. Who knew? This segment has been sponsored by Lisa Baldwin. <laughs> so, just, just as an aside, though, Legends of the Fall is a terrific, solid movie. The cinematography is oh. just breathtaking on that. It's absolutely worth worth taking a turn through. But it's it's a very solid Brad Pitt performance from the early 90s. Uh, you got Aiden Quinn, you got Julie Armand, uh, got Brad Pitt with that great, you know, I will forgive that once. Once! But say that again, we are no longer brothers. <laughs> I was gonna say Brad Pitt's got a great head of hair in that movie. Yes, he—it's yeah. it, hard to take your eyes off of him in that movie. He's—he lights up the screen. Yeah, and I'm gonna correct you on that. I think it was mid '90s, '94, '95-ish, because he had that mm. hair from uh, Interview uh, with the Vampire. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it also has that moment where he's strapped. <laughs> Strapped to the mast of a ship because he went on some opium like oh, thing. Oh yeah, and it's yeah. one of the funnier moments out of that film. I'm sorry if you go right. back. It Isn't is... he eating like some raw animal's organ or something in that scene, or is that something else? Not at that moment. I think he's just strapped. that's another scene. Yeah, okay. there's there's lightning and rain just crashing down, and he's screaming bloody murder for no reason. It's one of the. When just... does when does Tom Cruise bite him in the neck? Oh yeah, yeah, that's way later in the film. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins pops in. <laughs> right. They have when did they drive right. the Anthony car Hopkins off the cliff? Is the dad. Anthony Hopkins they... is the dad. Yes. When did they drive the car off the cliff? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it's all one big Brad Pitt movie <laughs> wearing cowboy hats. And the, that other scene when they're in Vegas and they pull that heist and that the bank. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's amazing. <laughs> I didn't know that. Amazing. Uh, talking about connections. <laughs> with Star Legend Wars. Legend of the Thelma the This is actually even bigger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is even a bigger connection for our show. Our show 
The Wretched Hive podcast has an incredibly strong connection to The Last Jedi. And not only that we've talked about it for, you know, four shows in a row, uh, but every single episode, just pulling the curtains back here on uh, The Wretched Hive, we record the show on a MacBook Air. Oh, MacBook Air right here. I guess I can't read either. It's my computer. Can't hear. And um, Ryan Johnson wrote The Last Jedi on a MacBook Air that was totally disconnected from the internet. I think they called it like uh, Unleashed or something like that. So it was never connected. He carried it around with him for a year and wrote the entire script for The Last Jedi on a MacBook Air, the same computer that our show is recording on. Yeah. What are the odds? Yeah. Yeah, that, that is the amazing, same amazing model connection. That is, yeah. Wow. There you there's go. More than odds. I'm just. I'm really impressed that there's more than one person on this planet who actually uses a Mac computer. God, the hair. I had at least two hairs on my arm that stood up when you said that, Steve. <laughs> I think there was a light breeze that came through the room, Dave. Like that's that's a that's a total that's a total goocher right there. That is a incredibly strong connection, and I resent you for making fun of me right now. I'm resentful. I'm resentful of all of you. Hey, Dave pulled the goocher reference. <laughs> goocher, that's awesome. I know. I'm, I know. Thank you. Damn. Thank you for getting that, Scott. Oh I, yeah, I appreciate. It. Let it go by. <laughs> I just let it go by. Um, all right. In other yeah, news, just let it go by last night. <laughs> in other news, uh, boy, can we stop calling the Last Jedi a flop already? No. These people that are disappointed <laughs> in how this movie is performing in the theaters really need to get a life. They really well, need to check themselves. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Let just uh, a quick update: Box Office Mojo as of January sixteenth, the Last Jedi. Uh, has done $596 million <laughs> domestic. <laughs> That's good enough for sixth all-time domestic box office. Sixth. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna go with six. Seriously. The movie has grossed <laughs> worldwide, get this, $1,271,000,000 and change, good for tenth all-time. Can you do that with the little the pinky in there? <laughs> One billion billion dollars box office. All right. Uh, Now, we can't compare this to The Force Awakens, obviously. Because it's a lot less, right? (laughs) It's a lot weaker of a movie as well. But um, according to Forbes.com, they're arguing that The Last Jedi is performing about as well as The Force Awakens was expected to perform had it played out like a normal, popular, huge movie. The Last Jedi was so huge that it's just sort of like in a class by itself. You mean The Force Awakens. I'd need to correct you. I'm sorry, The Force Awakens. I definitely need to correct you on that one. Right, yeah, my bad. Uh, The movie has struggled in some places around the world. In China, apparently uh, in China, Star Wars is not a big deal. The people aren't It's because they all... Hacked it already. <laughs> <laughs> they all Hello, it. people. Pay attention. <laughs> so, uh, The Last Jedi earned $9.5 on opening day in China. But $2 billion in bootleg DVDs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that are all now have been shipped over here and are sold on the LA's Metro Blue Line every morning. I can t- attest to that. Uh, however, in Japan... The Last Jedi is rocking. It's won uh, 
first place uh, over for weekend box office for the fifth week in a row this wow. last weekend. Better than the U.S. I'm impressed. Yep, it's taken in 59 million uh, on 4.4 million admissions to see the Last Jedi in Japan. So, lots of Star Wars fans in Japan. Yes. Yep. It's uh, not hard to be big in Japan. Everything there is so small. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. I'm leaving that one up on the bookshelf where yeah. it belongs. I so think I'm just we, gonna leave that one right there. I think we just lost Jaden as a listener. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jaden's like you guys are pigs and you're disgusting. <laughs> you assholes. Um A couple a couple I know we've we've talked The Last Jedi to death and we probably will be con- uh, you know talking about The Last Jedi for the rest of the year but uh in drips and drabs but one interesting story I saw this week AMC Theaters posted an image about the drop in audio for uh, Haldo's heroic sequence there when she flies at light speed through the uh, the First Order's battalion of ships there. Yes. Uh, they posted, a handful of theaters posted the following sign. It says, please note, The Last Jedi contains a sequence at approximately one hour and 52 minutes into the movie in which all sound stops for about 10 full seconds. While the images continue to play on the screen, you will hear nothing. This is intentionally done by the director for creative effect. Oh, you know what this reminds me of, Steve? Hmm. Back in 1975, <laughs> when I went to the theater, there was a big poster board posted outside the, the uh, Jaws Auditorium where it oh. said, at one hour and 22 minutes, there is a fake rubber foot that will pop up out of nowhere and scare the living bejesus out of you. <laughs> and it worked. It was amazing. They had to explain. Yeah. I, it's so funny that... I. Is that a spoiler? Like, you're walking into the theater and you're going, one hour and 52 minutes, it goes silent. I, yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. Yeah, I, w- I would be upset with a theater on that. Yeah. You're telling me what's going to happen, basically. Essentially, yeah. something audio-wise is purposely done for an effect. Yeah. That, you yeah. know what? Screw you, a Well, you know, the, the, the work... The, 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 the flip side of that is there was a couple of morons who were in the theater and going, Hey! There's no sound here. God <laughs> damn it. Right. <laughs> and and Greg, you explained everything by saying morons, okay? <laughs> Wait a minute, that was intentional? Yeah. Oh. Uh so there's this sort of like culture around movies now that where everything people feel like they need everything explained, right? And I'm going to I'm going to go with Greg on this. Jump in morons okay <laughs> we're living in a world of morons stop it people well one of the one of the folks that have been out there explaining elements of the last jedi so that we don't have to think for ourselves is none other than ryan johnson oh you son of a bitch i'm coming after you we're gonna have words <laughs> and dave you shared this article in our in our uh messenger thread uh, that uh, talked about how Ryan Johnson was out explaining uh, certain elements of the film, and we we all got a chuckle about the end of the of of that article where the the author wrote. This is at uh, cbr.com. Uh, wrote obviously not everyone needs to know every detail in a movie spelled out for them, as they're able to allow their imaginations to fill in the gaps. However, those who require a little more hand holding, though. <laughs> Perhaps this new information will help give them greater appreciation for the latest Star Wars film. 
In case you can't spell hi. <laughs> so so we're, we've got a new little mini segment that we're going to debut this week, guys. And it's called Ryan Johnson's Holding Our Hand. That's right. Every time Ryan Johnson explains something, he's holding our hand. Uh, so, this particular article... God, where's the porg? <laughs> Ryan was explaining when Kylo battles Luke at the end of the movie on Crate. And we discover that Luke is projecting himself across the galaxy. Why doesn't Kylo recognize that it's a projection of Luke? Because Luke, after all, is holding his lightsaber that Kylo and Rey broke in two. So Kylo should recognize that that can't be Luke. But Ryan to the rescue. Oh. He tells us, he says, the truth is we see the lightsaber split in half. Kylo sees a blinding flash of light and is knocked unconscious. And then Rey takes the lightsaber before he wakes up. Johnson said. So if you really want to dig into it and get an explanation, you can say that he doesn't 100% know what happened to the lightsaber. So there you go. Well, thank thanks, you. Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, thanks for holding my thanks, hand. Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, you are you are better than Clarissa at explaining it all. <laughs> you know, I will say like I think we all had that kind of that reaction, you know, why is his beard shorter? Why is his hair darker? You know, why is, where did he get that outfit? Where did he even come from? And a lot of that, we just, or at least myself personally, and I think you guys kind of felt the same way. We just kind of chalked up to continuity errors. Mm. And it wasn't until after you realized that you noticed those errors. And what I'm, what I'm getting at is, is we're all kind of trained now to look for continuity errors. I think even yeah. like, regular moviegoers, not just Star Wars freaks, look for continuity artists and, and love to point out shit that is just incorrect from where the movie was before. And this is something that's really meant to fool us as the snarks looking for the error in the film when it's deliberately put there and there's a story reason behind it. And that's kind of one of the reason why I like that so much is he took my expectation of oh, that's a continuity error, and he totally flipped it around, and I, it was something I didn't ex- expect. And I think people are pissed about it. I personally am thrilled about that because it was a surprise to me and a pleasant one, whereas other people are pissed about it because it wasn't what they expected. So, well, Greg, I think you're just excited and thrilled about everything that pisses people off about this movie because that's <laughs> what it sounds like for the last like, month and a half. Uh, that's, you, you're goddamn right. <laughs> well, I take a slightly different tack... Preach- Preach it, brother Len. Preach it. <laughs> I take a slightly different tack, Greg, in that I, you know, I wasn't thinking of it as a continuity error. Although the first time I saw the film, I'm like, I did. I was like, whoa, what, what happened to his beard? He stopped for like a clip and a color, you know. Yeah. Um, my, my take on it is more like I want to be able to sit here for the next year and figure it out with you guys. I don't want to be told why Kylo doesn't recognize it. I want to figure it out. That's why we do this podcast. I like the theorizing. I like digging through and discovering my own theories about it. Right or wrong, quote unquote, I like that process. And I, I would venture to guess that you guys too, too. I mean, that's so, why that's what we do every week. Yeah, yeah. You know, It let's, is fun, let's... but I'll, I'll make a prediction right now. Uh, we're going to see a cut sequence on the Blu-ray of Ray picking up the pieces of the lightsaber walking by Kylo Ren's unconscious body and stealing the spaceship. Mm. And they cut it because 
uh, Hux walks in and is like, oh, she must have taken the spaceship while you were unconscious. And we didn't need to see that, like, 60 seconds of film. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like the special edition in 97. You, you get the great scene where they, they put in, you know, Jabba, a, a horrible Jabba at first, and a not-so-great Wait, great that's, a great, that's a great scene? No, no, no. The, the sequence in, in itself, what we've always wanted to see was that moment. How were they going to put Jabba the Hutt into the sequence? But when you really look at it in the context of the film, that scene is completely unnecessary. Mm. It's just a, a whole bunch of uh, statements that were reiterated for that one moment. We already got the, the basic idea about Han and the, and the bounty hunter and dropping the cargo and all that. It's like, why? Why? Yeah. And the only reason is to put in a CGI Jabba and have Boba Fett walk across the screen and wink at us. And it, it really bugs me. So, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying there. I do. I, I agree with you in a, in a long version of that. I mean, I had already theorized that Kylo was just more pissed off about Luke showing up and didn't recognize the lightsaber. He was more focused on the fact that Luke was there and as a, you know, dark side yeah. Sith, you know, he um, he saw red, basically, just went full aggro and wasn't paying attention to stuff like the lightsaber. I, I, you know what, that's a great point, uh, Nico. I, I think we brought this up also. It's also the projection of what Kylo might have remembered Luke as. Luke, right? He doesn't know what Luke looks like on the island for you know, whatever, however many years he's been there since the whole incident happened. Yeah. So he's most likely getting the closest thing he remembers. Yes. Since the incident happened, <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're calling it now? No, you're right. He, Luke, Luke projected the Luke that. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Luke projected the Luke that Kylo would recognize, for sure. Okay, right? Or is it? Or is it that Luke? Luke was projecting because is hop, it Luke you're projecting how he envisions himself? Hey, yeah, like Luke doesn't see himself wow. as, as crazy old man on the you island bastards. anymore. Luke, that's what how Luke still right. envisions himself. Oh, do they have if mirrors? I, if, no, I'm just saying, like, if any of us projected an image of ourself, would we project what we actually look like, or would we project what we looked like maybe 10 to 15 years ago? So no, that's how we kind of envision it would, and remember ourselves. It would be like my Match.com picture. I mean, right, right. you know, I'm like 10 years younger. Yeah, it's it like like a Snapchat thing or something. Yeah. I just make it whatever. It would be like the picture I used on Skype. <laughs> well, maybe someday, maybe someday Ryan will explain that, too. And we won't have to think about it anymore. And well, you know, I, well, I, I kind of hand. agree with you that it's it's sad he has to go out and explain this stuff. And I'll leave another example of something out there. Look at like Pulp Fiction. Quentin Tarantino uh, still hasn't explained what's in the goddamn briefcase. Right. He doesn't have to. Right. Right. Well, the speculation on that is fantastic. I like that. I like that concept. Yes. Besides, we Shit. all know it's Bing Rames' soul. We all know that. Wait, wait. <laughs> if 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 Ryan Johnson keeps explaining things about the movie. Are we going to keep doing a podcast? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I already sent around an article for next uh, next feature, next week's show on that. Well, I may be reading it right now. I'm not sure if this is the one, but Ryan was out also talking about why the Knights of Ren are not in The Last Jedi. In fact, oh, uh, remember bitch. we talked about maybe the, pra praetor the Praetorian Guards. Am I saying that right? Praetorian. Maybe, yeah. maybe those are the Knights of Ren or what are those guys? And, and you know... They're, they're, Do we need to play the theme song again? Oh yeah, thanks. Thank you for that. So you know the the Praetorian guards, you know, we're like those guys are so cool and and 
Why did they get killed? And Well, maybe they were intended to be the Knights of Ren. Well, good thing Ryan Johnson's out explaining it for us so we don't have to think anymore, guys. Uh, he says, We have a very full movie already. There literally was not room for another element, Johnson explained. I guess I could have used them in place of the Praetorian Guards, but then it would feel like wasting them because all those guards had to die. And if Kylo had some kind of connection to them, it wouldn't have added a, it would have added a complication that wouldn't have helped the, the scene. Truth is, I just don't see a place for them in the movie. So thanks, Ryan, for explaining that. I yeah appreciate Praetorian it. Praetorian Guard are just red shirts. Yep. Well, thank God, thank God we kept that Canto bite scene in that fucking movie. <laughs> I'm sure he'll explain why. I'm sure he has already. I'm sure we just didn't find it. But anyway, I don't know. I, I, I'm really conflicted with this. Part of me wants, sometimes wants to hear things, and and other times I, I want to make it my own mind. I don't know. Fair enough. I do like his quote, though. He does say, uh, we have a very full movie already. There literally was just not room for another element. Well, you yeah. know what, Ryan? You could have redone a lot of shit in that movie and put some put some Knights of Ren in there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll see the Knights of Ren in episode nine. J.J. to the rescue. With clown face or something? That's what I <laughs> yes, because J.J. Abrams is known for strong, well-thought-out endings to story arcs. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, oh. Sorry. Is it too early to get my hate on? Is it too <laughs> no. early to get the hate on for Appar- episode nine? Apparently not. Dave, let the hate flow through you. Do I have to do I have to wait for Solo to at least have been released? Oh, I'm release excited. Your so. Anger. <laughs> I am so excited. Oh, are we talking in cups now? Yeah, uh, guys, we gotta hey. take a little oh. break here and we we have to acknowledge our sponsor, our fantastic sponsor, Audible.com. Audible.com is the number one provider for audio books and audio content on the internet. Is there uh, more than one? Uh, there really isn't. There just really there's really only one. <laughs> quite quite literally, there's only one. No, uh, they no, are. Aren't we the number one <laughs> podcast hosted by you know four middle-aged men and a millennial? <laughs> <laughs> for you, if you whether you're a middle-aged man or a millennial. You can get, because you're a listener for, of the Wretched Eye podcast, you can get today, right now, a free audiobook download. Can you believe that, Scott? I mean, I, that's huge. I can't, you know, those audiobook downloads are like shocked. 20, 30 bucks. I, seriously. That's yeah. huge. You know, it so, says it right there. Yep. That's <clears throat> crazy. A free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to check out audible service and this week we are featuring just as an example of one book that you might want to pull down as your free audible book star wars the last jedi cobalt squadron not read by ryan johnson this is a uh, read uh by actually it's it's narrated by kelly marie tran Hallelujah. who was rose in the last jedi uh written by elizabeth ween So here we go. Here's a sample. Star Wars The Last Jedi Cobalt Squadron. But it was still there. When Rose looked down through the clear crystal panes of the gunner's ball turret, she couldn't see anything but depthless, mottled blue. But when she looked up, leaning back against Paige's shoulder in the swiveling seat suspended in the clear globe, she could see the massive hulk of the well-used heavy bomber hammer towering ominously overhead so you can download 
the entire, not just that 20-second segment I just played. You can download the entire audiobook for free right now. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E. Again, audibletrial.com forward slash hive. Sign up for Audible for the trial, and you can download your free audiobook today. Don't make me come down there and beat your dumb millennial ass, because I will. I've had a long f***ing week, and I'm looking for... The Wretched Hive Podcast. There we go. I'm a huge fan of that author. Yeah? Yeah, we call ourselves wieners. (laughs) What? So for the so for the the uninitiated out there, what else has she done? You know what? If you haven't heard of it, well played. Well played. So we've got a few other news stories to cover, guys. Um, Star Wars Rebels. Has anyone kept up with Star Wars Rebels? I have to admit, I have not. No, I haven't. I have not checked out the new season um i know i need to it's 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 been it's been busy here around here yeah it's been busy it is new star wars every week when it's on and and i just i i'm i'm with you i've, I've got so much going on i haven't kept up with it uh but there we we need to plug in guys because there's only seven episodes left it's final season correct? final season yeah, okay. seven episodes left feloni has been dave feloni executive producer has been tweeting about it uh talking about it um it comes back on the air february 24th so next month Um, happy birthday to me oh is that right (laughs) there you go all right that that's a happy birthday present for dave um actor and voice actor extraordinaire d bradley baker uh says the ending of star wars rebels is quote jaw-dropping and uh, Filoni knows how to tell a story for sure, so I'm sure there's going to be a tie-in and connection, strong connection with um, uh, with Rogue One and uh, leading into Episode Four. So that's going to be some good stuff. Star Wars Rebels back on the air February 24th. Did let me let me throw this back in there. Uh, speaking of Rebels, wasn't there something somewhere recently, an interview where they talked about Rogue One? Uh, the fact that some of the characters do make appearances in the actual movie mm. that they were going to retell I thought I remember an interview with oh, somebody maybe it was Filoni uh, talking about how they were talking about an idea of retelling parts of the end of Rebels as a, a moment in Rogue One like a retelling of the same story yeah I, I read something about that like retell part of Rogue One in Rebels like yeah. from someone else's point of view right that's awesome yeah that would be really fun so I, I'm actually uh, so, I need to I need to do some catch up and and watch this. Yeah. Time. So just as an aside, but speaking of that concept, I was reading an interview with uh, Bob Odenkirk because they just started shooting the next season of Better Call Saul, mm. and he was expressing that his hope is that as they get to the end of that show, that it will actually end in an overlap with the Breaking Bad timeline, and that oh. maybe we see the the introduction of Saul to Walter White from Saul Goodman's point of view, as opposed to seeing it from the, the Walter White point of view in Breaking Bad. Can I interrupt you and you say they're just now getting around to starting filming Better Call Saul? Yes. That makes me sad, because I was hoping that show was coming back soon. Uh, it, it made me sad, too, but it'll it'll be late summer, fall before it comes back. 
because that ended on the mother of all cliffhangers, and I'm so dying to know what happened to Michael McKean's character. I, um, I I have a good idea from reading that article, and I'm going to keep it to myself. Yeah. Please do. Yeah, don't spoil this one, Dave. <laughs> Sorry. Luke dies. <laughs> no no blue-eyed dragons for this one, please. Um, yeah, what season are they on? Three? This uh, would be three coming up, yeah. I think it's four coming up, isn't it? Uh, for Better Call, Better Call Saul? No, this would be three. Hmm. I love that show. That hmm. show is so good. Well, that's, they said that's part of why it got delayed so much is they spend like six to seven months in the writer's room kind of hashing out what the arc of the season is going to be, which is just an extraordinary amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's well worth it. Uh, what's take, it take a hit, Walking Dead. <laughs> hey, they're, they're restructuring that whole thing. I'm actually kind of interested to see what happens uh, once we get through this next round of uh, of the the second half of this season of Walking Dead and the the new Fear the Walking Dead season, I'm I'm interested to see what they do with it because Gimbal's no longer the showrunner. Yeah, um, Fear the Walking Dead. I I watched the first. I hate watched the first season and <sighs> never went back. And uh, I I watched the first episode of the current season and haven't gone back to Walking Dead. Um, and I'm not bummed. Yeah. Same with me. I hate walked. Um... I hate watched, hate watched, hate, hate watched um, that other the the offshoot. Fear. Yeah, fear. Yeah. Um, didn't uh, Walking Dead just get picked up for another season? Season nine. Yeah. Season nine. Wow. I, I thought it was wow. already extended up to season ten. I no. thought there was already a contract for the next two seasons. I I haven't heard the uh, all I've heard is about season nine. Okay. So. Uh. Well. Talking about other movies coming out. Yeah. How was that for uh, The Wretched Dead. The Wretched Dead. The Thanks Wretched for joining Dead. us on The Wretched Dead. Now let's get back to Star Wars. Back to Star Wars. <laughs> uh, yeah. And this... by the way, it is break... Better Call Saul Season 4. I just looked it up. Okay. Yeah. Say what? Thank you, Dave. So earlier this week, uh, Lucasfilm released the plot synopsis for Solo, yes. a Star Wars story. So finally we know a little bit about this film. Still no trailer, which is kind of befuddling at this point i'm i i it's, don't know what to speak about that it's, kind of it's actually it's actually tough i was thinking about that too but you still have last jedi in theaters doing decent money and yeah. you don't want to necessarily distract from that and you have the blu-ray coming out they've basically announced that's happening the last week in march or the first week in april so they're they're kind of in a weird spot i kind of feel like a solo trailer is going to be on the front of black panther in early february yeah what uh, what day do you happen to know that you have the day on the uh, Black Panther release? We're efforting that right now. Okay. Well, while you take there's, a look, there's at- a little, there's a little event that's coming up in the first weekend of February that might rate some special commercial airtime to be dedicated to it as well. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of it. It's Valentine's Day. The Super Bowl. Super mm. Ball. Super Ball. I'm pretty sure is what it's called. Super Ball. Super Ball. Yeah. Heard of the Super Bowl? Uh, I had a Super Bowl once, and I could barely walk the next day. Mm. It was really a lot of. Anyway, um, so Lucasfilm released the plot synopsis for Solo. So let me uh, let me just read it to you guys and get your take here. Uh, this is how the studio describes it: Board the Millennium Falcon. And journey to a galaxy far, far away in Solo, a Star Wars story, an all-new adventure with the most beloved scoundrel in the galaxy. 
through a series of daring escapades deep within a dark and dangerous criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his mighty future co-pilot Chewbacca and enters the notorious gambler Lando Calrissian in a journey that... (laughs) He doesn't enter Lando Calrissian. I was going to (laughs) say... Wow. Like, what kind of movie is this? (laughs) And he he encounters... Wow. So that's first, that's better. first yeah, R-rated that? Star Wars Where's film? that porn music? I need to cue up porn music every time we go here. Uh, he, enta- he encounters the notorious gambler Lando Calrissian in a journey that will set the course of one of the Star Wars saga's most unlikely heroes. So there you go. Not any uh, huge surprises there, but that is the official Lucasfilm synopsis at this point that's what we know so the plot synopsis confirms chewbacca was in the movie which we already knew right confirms lando calrissian is in the movie which we already knew right and that the millennium falcon is part of the movie which we already knew right thanks movie and that han solo is in the movie i forgot about that thank you right that's the point i think ryan johnson wrote that synopsis (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> everything's ryan's fault so i'm excited about this film i am La- remember larry Caston wrote this script wrote this script uh but everything and thinks we- it's one of the best things he's ever done yeah oh yeah all right yeah. i was gonna go with the fact that we were originally talking about how are we gonna say I, greg you might have been the one that talking about are we going to see him acquire the Millennium Falcon? We now know all of this yeah. uh, based off of yep. uh, leaks and everything else and now story plot, line, plot point. But the very first thing is not Han Solo that's mentioned. It is the Millennial, millennium, <laughs> the millennial Falcon. Millennial Falcon! <laughs> uh, yeah. So millennial is, is, uh, yeah. is Han a side note to this? This isn't his story. Is this the Millennium Falcon? It's the story of the, of the Falcon. Hmm. Hmm. It would be such just, a bad thing. He's just a scoundrel who ends up in the ship. That's it. So we also know, or we can surmise. Just a good old boy. Never mean and no harm. Based on. <laughs> beats, beats all you never saw. <laughs> based on Ron Howard's tweets, uh, we're going to possibly see a trip to the Spice Mines of Kessel. Sweet. Right? Yep. Which I assume would include a Kessel run. Well, you know it's going to happen. As long as he's doing like jumps over like Imperial Tie Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> this, this that synopsis really makes me feel like that that there's trouble on the street tonight. I can, <laughs> I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> You're. Um, are you okay? No, <laughs> I've never, you guys have made him cry like three times tonight. <laughs> I was gonna say, I love it. This, this this isn't even my best work, Scott. I appreciate the reaction, but th- I'm. Oh my god! No, seriously, I, I lost it a long time ago. I'm good. Well, and talking about the Kessel Run, um, it appears that we will see a new design for the famous ship, the Millennium Falcon. Uh, the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon Lego set has been uh, released. And an, I have an image of this on the show notes, guys. We'll post this on our uh, various feeds. Hmm. Uh, it looks like, basically, it looks like the Falcon. 
Uh, sans radar dish. It looks like the Falcon. Jesus, what a <laughs> shock! What what breaking? I I hope people are tuning into the Wretched Hive for breaking news stories like this. That the that the Millennium Falcon Lego set looks like the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> my God, I, I can't finish my fucking sentence. I without know, right? So it. it... <laughs> hey, hey, <Nope. laughs> uh, there's there would be no more pausing. That's the problem. Okay, All right. It looks like the Falcon without the radar dish, and there's also the gap between the front mandibles on the ship is is uh, is filled. You know there. what that is? What's that's that? That's the R-rated version right there. That's yeah. that's pre-docking, right? There. <laughs> wow! Oh, wow! A flattened dish was, and a pre-docked <laughs> mandible. I was, I was just going to ask if it had the kung fu grip or not, but. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you guys. So, and to answer your serious we... question earlier, the Black Panther is yeah. going to debut on February sixteenth. Okay. That's going to be a big week. We've got Dave's birthday. We've got the Black Panther, possible trailer, mm-hmm. Rebels. My, yep. Wow. My Wife to Kill, Gilder to Frame for it. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Was that the last article I had there? Um, oh. Oh, Ewan McGregor, guys, talking about new movies coming out. Potentially, Ewan McGregor is back in the news. Not quite as sexy of a beard as our own Greg Lent. That's all I'm saying. That's true. Ewan McGregor Lent. Yeah, yeah. That's what we should start. We should call him that. Um, oh. Ewan uh. was awarded the a Golden Globe for his work in Fargo, which is great, by the way. Have you guys seen the recent ep- uh, season of Fargo? No, I'm not caught it's up. It's really I not, fun. I want to. Okay. Check it out. E- Ewan McGregor does a great job in that show. Um, plays two characters. Don't want to ruin too much, but he just he kills it. And he won the Golden Globe. And um, in the press junket after his win, he was asked, uh, what is the possibility of you returning to the Star Wars galaxy as Obi-Wan Kenobi? And he said, quote, there's a lot of talk, and I'd be happy to play him again, but I don't know anything more than you do, McGregor told reporters backstage at the Golden Globe. So, and there's then, a lot of talk. Well, no, no, no. There's more to this story. Okay. Somebody left the mic on and said, that's why I grew this beard. What? Yeah. Are you serious? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Damn it. God. Uh, we also had Liam Neeson in the news, and I didn't pull that article, but Liam Neeson has also said that he would love to play Qui-Gon Jinn again. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That that was in the news just this week. So uh, I, I want to go back and talk about Ewan McGregor just real quick. So so a couple of points. First yeah. of all, um, he, is, he is completely, completely rocking the Obi-Wan Kenobi beard and hairstyle right now. So oh. he is in full prep mode, contract signed or not. He is just waiting for it right now yeah and point number two if there is one person who's going to be just like getting all over the internet every piece of social media climbing to a mountaintop and screaming and saying all right shut the fuck up already i'm in this goddamn movie it's going to be ewan mcgregor oh yeah he is so angry and so salty about people asking him about this goddamn movie that he is just going to <laughs> scream it from every mountaintop possible I, I i can imagine that he should be angry and salty but is he he he's so cool on camera that guy 
I mean, these actors obviously are in front of cameras all day and microphones and they're media trained and everything. But when he, at, when the guy asked, the reporter asked that question, he looked at him like he was like genuinely interested in answering the question. I, I, I'm so impressed with, with Ewan McGregor. He really seems like a cool dude. I think we should, uh, we should put the feelers out there and yep. see if we can get him on the show. Yeah. Because if, if he's if he's going to be salty, it needs to be on our goddamn show. That's where it needs. You know, to happen. they 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 did that marathon at the El Capitan where they showed all eight movies or I think nine movies. I I don't know. I don't remember if they put Rogue Winner or not. But Ewan McGregor showed up at that screening. Oh. Um, I think before the Last Jedi, Ewan McGregor was there. Wow. Yeah. Oh, he did say also in this press release. He said uh, he said that he saw the Last Jedi and that it was a beautiful film. Hmm. Yeah. So he liked the Last Jedi yeah. as well. Because he I, I, is right. I, and they left they left the mic on for that press release also a little afterwards, and he said it was a beautiful film. Suck it, Scott Evansky. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys I just I just I just came out of my blackout no, from the it, weekend and it's actually what's going on? Whitey McPasty face is who he is who he was talking to. I think he was talking to Whitey McPasty face. This is Whitey McPasty face. That's um, it. I'm going back into a blackout mode. <laughs> guys, last story of the day, guys. Last story. Harrison Ford is Who? a he's a real life action hero, you guys. Harrison Who? Ford is Jesus. at yeah, he played a character he, in some Star Wars movies. You may have what, heard of what, him. What what yeah. did he crash this week? <laughs> well uh, this was he, time, drive, was he driving the car that went into the second story of the dental shop in Santa Ana? <laughs> he was not the crasher, guys. He was the crashy. Harrison Ford helped a woman on the side of the road who crashed her car. Uh, it says, uh, according here to VanityFair.com, Harrison Ford carried out a real-life rescue operation on Sunday. This is back in uh, November. This story's been on my on my uh, queue there for a little while, but we haven't been able to get to it. But Harrison Ford carried out a real-life rescue operation on Sunday when he helped a woman, Indiana Jones-style, who had driven her car off the road near Ventura, California, pretty close to us, just north. Uh, Per a report from TMZ, Ford was driving down California State Road 126 when he saw a woman lose control of her car and drive into an embankment. He and a handful of other bystanders helped the woman get to safety before paramedics arrived. Uh, Although Han Solo might be dead, spoiler alert, Heroic Harrison Ford is very much alive. In fact, in September, the 75-year-old actor directed traffic in New York City after cars got backed up on the Midtown Tunnel. Pretty cool. Harrison Ford out there being an action hero. Okay, Indiana Jones style. Did he whip out the whip and like pull her out of the wreckage? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> were there, he actually had. Yeah, were there were there snakes? Were there a lot of snakes around? Snakes. <laughs> literally had John Williams. On a flat trailer, traveling behind him, just <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> oh my god, that would be awesome! <sighs> He's standing at the edge of the road with his whip out. <laughs> oh, I set myself up. Yeah, and yeah. that's <laughs> not my whip, Trebek. All right, here, let's do this. It's the Star Wars tweet of the week. Yeah, really curious because everybody knows that twitter is a source of endless positivity you're gravely mistaken come to your senses well um there are a few twitter accounts that are kind of funny sometimes (laughs) (laughs) scott scott's face is bright red i'm not kidding it looks like a tomato 
That's hilarious. Greg, what do you got for us this week? Guys, it's been you know it's it's been a it's been a month or so of talking about uh, the Last Jedi, and not just on the air. It's been off the air. We've had discussions. We've gotten together. We've talked about it. We've discussed it. And I think this one's appropriate, so maybe we can put this bed to the bed now and start thinking about nine. Start talking about solo. But from uh, from just yesterday, January sixteenth, from our good old pal Glum George Lucas, oh. <laughs> and I got it direct from Glum George's mouth himself. He says, "My favorite part about the new Star Wars movie is that I don't have to complain about it. Everyone else complains about it for me." that's a pretty good gl too i love it that's fair well done well done are we ready to be friends again guys are we ready can't we all just get along can't we all just get along i guess we'll be friends again fine Fine. If I have to. Yeah, oh. I'll be friends with you guys, but I still don't like the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, I've been saying this for a few weeks, but uh, if you didn't like the f- movie, or if you did like the movie, give us a call and let us hear about it. We would love to play your voicemail on the air. Our number is 562 455 4483. That's 562-455-HIVE, H-I-V-E, if you can't spell HIVE. You can also find us online. Our home on the web is www.thewretchedhive.net. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. Scott doing a bang-up job getting stuff on, on the Facebook. You can email us. We do have an email address. Do people use email anymore? I don't know. No, I don't think so. What is email? Email is so 90s. It's all all Snapchat. It's all Snapchat. It is. If you happen to use your dial-up connection for AOL or whatever, email us at wretchedhive at yahoo.com. We are on Twitter. Greg handling the Twitter feed at wretchedhivepod. Also want to put out there, uh, you can... Uh, tweet at me directly at Baldwin here on Twitter. Nice. Uh, you can find us on not bald one here, not bald one here. <laughs> it will be someday. Uh, you can you can find us on Podbean on Stitcher. Maybe the best way to find the show is through iTunes. Uh, find us on iTunes. Search for the Wretched Hive podcast. Leave a review. Subscribe to the show. Leave a review. Five stars, one star, any star. We don't care. We just want to hear from you and interact with you, listeners of the Wretched Hive podcast. Guys, episode 53 is in the books. Final thoughts. I'm I'm still your friend. All right. I I am. I love these guys. I love them. We love you, too. I love you, too, Scott. Yeah. We needed that. We've never done that. Have a great week, everybody. May the force be with us all. (laughs) Always. <laughs> I've learned much. to let it roll yeah, a little just bit at the end. <clears throat>